the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Uh, to say that game three of the ALCS from a Royals perspective was a disappointment might be going a bit on the understatement side of things as KC pushes across eight runs in this game and shows continued resolve at the plate, but the problem is they can't earn key win number three of the series after Johnny Cueto turns back into, unfortunately, the guy that we've seen pretty much since he came over from the Reds. As it's Davo, glad you are along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. I, of course, wish it was under better circumstances than how this Game 3 went, but the big picture is the Royals are still in pretty doggone good shape, and we will tell you why, and we will look forward to tomorrow's Game 4 coming up here in a couple of minutes and preview that. But first, let's go over this one. As Johnny Cueto, how else do you put it? He goes from one of the best playoff starts in Royals history, one of the best playoff starts in recent postseason history, when you consider Johnny had retired at 1.19 guys in a row against Houston to finish up his outing after Luis Valbuena hit that home run. Cueto got the next 19 in a row out, the first time anybody in postseason had done that since Don Larson. Of course, we saw David Price go 18 in a row just a few days later. But Cueto goes from that where he literally put the Royals on his back and just about made the trade worthwhile all in that one game. You could still argue he did just based on that one game. I mean, he goes from that, though, to you know one of the worst postseason outings in modern history. And that's not, that's not an, an, an overstatement at all. It really is. No pitcher has ever done that. Two-plus innings, eight runs... You know, back-to-back, talk about Jekyll and Hyde, talk about up and down, right? The worst in Royals team history, literally it was, two-plus innings, eight runs on six hits. Cueto walks four, strikes out two, and he got two Ks in that first inning. You think, okay, scoreless first inning, a couple of Ks, I like where this is going. He threw 20-plus pitches, but you're thinking, okay, six innings, three runs. In retrospect, six innings, three runs, we'd be out shooting off fireworks, doing a, a pretty dance. People don't dug anymore. People are doing different dances these days, man. They're quanting it up. We'd be out there doing that right now. But not tonight. The Troy Tulowitzki home run, three-run variety to straightaway center ends the night for Cueto. Just awful. No other way around it. And, I, it, and why is he awful, though? Let's, let's not just make obvious statements here. Let's explore potentially why he could be awful. Because Cueto at this point is kind of like the unknown, like a mirage out there. Like you just don't know. Is he really there? Which Cueto is going to show up? Why is, you know, good Johnny Cueto only showing up about 20% of the time? Why is bad Johnny Cueto showing up 50% and decent Johnny Cueto 30%? You just wonder what's going on. Is he hurt? I don't know. I still, I used to think he was, but I'm starting to think he's not based on his velocity coming back his last start. Now velocity was down a hair tonight, but he was at 93 Fairly often. I don't think he hit 95 at all, which we saw a bit of in his last start. Velocity didn't seem to be an issue tonight. It was down maybe a mile an hour, but that didn't really matter. No, I mean, what the two things were, obviously, the ball was on a tee for Toronto over the plate. There were several mistakes swung on and missed by Toronto, especially in that second inning before Toronto went to town when they got the three spot in the second. There were several mistakes in that inning that could have been hit. 
The ball was just consistently up, 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 middle of the plate. And he wasn't getting the call on the outside corner. And and in fairness to home plate umpire John Hirschbeck, who, by the way, was very inconsistent tonight, not a good job umpiring tonight. In fairness to him, though, most of the pitches that Cueto wanted were not actually strikes. If you go by just the grid, they were missing by a hair. Now, had he gotten those calls, it would have definitely helped. I don't think he would have thrown a gem, but I think he maybe would have been able to go four or five innings of five-run ball. May have been enough for the Royals to win. But I'm not going to sit here and blame the home plate umpire because he was consistently bad for both teams. So no excuses there. So Cueto was bad missing in the middle of the plate. Some of that was he wasn't getting the corners. I'll acknowledge that. But the fact is, the ball was still up in the middle of the plate. The ball was up, up, up consistently right at the belt. Other problem, how, I mean, how paranoid were Johnny Cueto and Salvador Perez with their signs being stolen by Toronto? And we've heard it over and over for years and years that Toronto steals signs or some guy out there in a white shirt that's flashing one light for a curveball and none for a fastball. And, you know, they've got video recording equipment that it's like the New England Patriots of MLB. I, I'm sure there is at least some smoke to that. No doubt about that. And we also saw Johnny Cueto stare down Goins there at, at second base, like as if to say you're stealing my signs, just staring at him. And maybe they were stealing signs, but, I mean, it was almost like him and Salvador Perez, Salvi with five mound visits, you know, going through like ten signs. They weren't stealing signs tonight. There's no way. They were not stealing signs tonight. I don't believe that for a second. Not tonight. Has it happened in the past? Probably. I don't think all these MLB teams would be yelling – bloody murder unless there was some evidence or some strong belief. So yeah, they probably have cheated in the past. But every team could do that, A. And B, tonight I don't think they were doing it because the Royals were so protective, they were almost over-the-top protective. And I think that kept Cueto's pace from being really good, from him being really aggressive. We, you know, we think back to game two against Houston when he gave up the big runs, the four runs and the three innings. Then he settled down and threw scoreless fourth, fifth, and sixth. It was almost just like, F it, give me the ball, I'm attacking these damn hitters, starting in the fourth. Kind of the same thing the other night. Tonight, though, it was like he was thinking, thinking, trying to trick them, trying to be so paranoid about stealing of the signs that it almost just made him passive out there and timid. Just my two cents. Those are my reasoning. I mean, the reasoning was the ball is in the middle of the plate and flat, and maybe it was over-the-top protective. Now, is that some of that because he's hurt? It could be. Is some of that because he's a head case? It could be. Who really knows? I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Johnny Cueto even knows what's going on totally. And I've been getting tweets at Royals Clubhouse. Does he even care? He smiled when he came out. Of course he cares. Why would you even ask that? The guy cares way more than you or I do. Because not only does he have 24 other guys in that clubhouse counting on him, including a couple of his best friends, one of which is Edinson Volquez, not only that, and not only did the Royals get him and you know, the city has their hopes on him, Royals Nation does, but also he's pitching for about 150 different reasons, million of them to be exact. And that's gone down. He's not going to get $150 million now. He's probably you know, seeing himself into the $70, $80 million range or maybe getting to the point where he even has to take a one-year high-dollar contract to try to reapprove himself again, maybe a two-year. I mean, if this continues, yeah, if he's another bad outing like this in the postseason – it's going to keep hurting him over and over. So believe me, he cares. It's not that. I just I just don't know what's going on, guys. Maybe we'll find out someday. Maybe we won't. But hopefully it won't matter. Hopefully the Royals can overcome this, and I'll tell you why they are still in pretty good shape here coming up in just a few minutes. But back to Cueto and back to pitching on this one. I mean, if you want to look at the, <laughs> the ERAs on this one, two full decibel point difference between Johnny Cueto and Chris Medlin, who, by the way, came in at a nice job out of that Royals bullpen. Chris Medlin, let's go over his line. Five innings, two runs, 
three hits. Strikes out six and walks one. A couple of home runs allowed to Josh Donaldson and Mr. Goins, of course, who turned into, uh, you know, some hero tonight after being the GOAT and having himself thrown under the bus by Jose Bautista after game two at the K. But yeah, Chris Madeline ends up with a 3.60 ERA compared to a 36 today. Literally, move the decimal point by two. 3.60 to 36 is the difference between those two. Ouch! Not good. But at least Medlin and Franklin Morales came in for an inning as well. At least they saved the Royals' bullpen where they have their top five cogs at 100% the next two days. You gave Wade Davis plenty of time off. You gave Kelvin Herrera plenty of time off now. Matson, Duffy, Hochaver will all be 100% ready and good to go tomorrow, which is good. Everybody except for Chris Medlin is available tomorrow. So Medlin, one other thing about that as we get towards tomorrow, him versus Chris Young. Of course, Medlin was originally going to be the starter, but 18 days between outings is one of the main reasons he's not starting tomorrow. The other one we were told, and it makes sense, is that coming off of Tommy John, you never know exactly what you're going to get with Medlin. And on top of that, he doesn't miss enough bats, right? Well, it's kind of funny that in his five innings, he strikes out six tonight, right? He comes out five innings, two runs. And 6Ks. Just just how things turned out. And I, and I hope Chris Young can match that. I believe he will and can tomorrow. But it's kind of funny that Medlin gave you exactly what you're hoping for at a Chris Young tomorrow with that outing. Although the game was decided at that point. Toronto may not have been as focused. The crowd wasn't quite as in it as much. So who knows if that even matters. But you can't just say it. It would have been the exact same. Now, offensively tonight, there were two and a half. Well, I guess three big stars. Not two and a half. There were three big stars tonight. Kendris Morales, Ben Zobrist, and Alcides Escobar. Eski is our player of the game tonight on Clubhouse Conversation. Escobar ties a team record tonight with four hits in a playoff game, matching George Brett and Lorenzo Kane. Eski, four out of five with three runs scored. And how about Ben Zobrist? Three doubles, three out of five, three doubles for Ben. He scores three runs, drives in an RBI. We saw Haas with a couple of hits, a couple of RBIs and a run. And like I said, Morales, off of Anthony Osuna in the ninth, big home run. Three-hit night for him, including a jack, a couple of RBIs. The Royals never quit fighting tonight. They put the ball in play, you know, only walked once. We're used to that, but only struck out twice. Hit the ball well off of Marcus Stroman. I really thought they did. Now, let's look at tomorrow, and let's look at the rest of the series here. But before we get to tomorrow, more good news. So let's go over some good news items from tonight. Number one, the offense kept battling, kept showing Toronto they ain't going away. Let them know their MO is that we're going to be there all nine innings tonight and the rest of the series. Number two, the bullpen was saved thanks to Mr. Medlin and Morales. Number three, the Royals got at least a bit into the Toronto bullpen. They saw Osuna for the first time in the series, saw Sanchez out there. Uh, More positives include the fact that the Royals can feel pretty confident about facing A, R.A. Dickey, but B, knowing that they've got the remainder of this series, if it does in fact go the distance, only one guy who really worries you, and that's David Price. I mean, the Royals can hit Marcus Stroman again in Game 7 if it goes that far. We know they can hit Estrada, and they have hit Price. 
I mean, Dickey is a guy that shut them out back in early August. We'll go over that here in a second. But you feel pretty good about them hitting Dickey tomorrow. The good thing is the Royals know now. They've hit the closer from Toronto. They've seen Sanchez a couple times. They know their bullpen's much better. They know Toronto's pitching is not that good. They know they can score runs themselves. So if they get a decent pitching outing from Young and or Volquez, they should be able to notch at least one game here. So there is lots of good news here. But back to tomorrow. Chris Young, his first postseason start, and hard to believe, Shockingly, this is his first ever appearance at Rogers Center. First ever appearance at Rogers Center. Can you believe that? For Chris Young, he'll be opposed by R.A. Dickey. Now, Young did throw in game one after that rain delay against Houston. A great job talking about missing bats. Struck out seven in his four innings. One run with three hits. A couple of walks in that game. He's seen Toronto once this year, back on July 11th at the K. And that was a good outing for Young. Six innings, three runs, four Ks, and two walks on five hits against Toronto. So six innings, three runs, first time he saw them. And KC will hope for a similar, if not exact, performance tomorrow. They'll, get, they'll look for five out of him tomorrow with the bullpen fresh. You're seeing, if the Royals have a lead, you're going to see Wade Davis, Matson, Herrera combined probably for four innings tomorrow. Maybe Danny Duffy in there for an inning as well. But most likely, those three guys are going to combine for four innings tomorrow and get the Royals this win because tomorrow becomes a huge game. Now, R.A. Dickey pitched game four of the ALDS, was not thrilled about having his hook pulled quickly as David Price came in relief that day. John Gibbons and Dickey not exactly real thrilled with each other after that game, especially on Dickey's end. Didn't openly go over the top, but made it known he could have gone further and would have liked to have stayed in the game and was surprised he was taken out. But, you know, of course, back to Skipper. But you could tell he was not happy. Anyway, there's no bearing on this game, really, except for the fact that Dickey's probably not going to go more than five or six innings. He went four and two-thirds in game four, allowed one run against Texas. as You know, Price came in and cleaned up a mess. Five hits, three Ks, and no walks. Saw the Royals once this year, did Dickey. And like I said, he was good. He shut down KC. Seven shutout innings back on August 2nd with two hits, six Ks, and two walks. So Dickey versus Young tomorrow. A pretty similar matchup. Two guys that aren't going to go more than five innings, most likely. Two guys that are aiming for five good innings. Both teams would take five innings, two runs out of their starters tomorrow. And if that happens, big edge to the Royals because, of course, they have the edge in the bullpen and a rested bullpen. The Royals need to get this game tomorrow. They don't have to get this game, but they need to because if you go back to two to two, well, now Toronto's got all the momentum back. And Toronto has one more game at home. If, if Toronto wins all three of these games, the Royals are in trouble. The Royals have to split these next two games. Come back and do it tomorrow. Keep the distance between yourself and the Blue Jays. 3-1 to one is still a pretty, pretty big lead in the series. 3-1 is a nice advantage, especially knowing that you have two of the last three at home after that, and you only see the ace of Toronto one more time at that point. So the Royals have to find a way to get this game tomorrow if they can. A huge game. You don't want your back against the wall facing a must-win on Wednesday. To me, Wednesday would become a must-win if the Royals don't find a way to get this win tomorrow. I believe they will, though. We'll have it for you later tomorrow night here on Clubhouse Conversation later into the evening, and we'll talk to you then. Have a great night. Stay up, Royals fans. Lots to be positive about, and I do believe the Royals will find a way to get it done tomorrow as they hopefully will see a nice outing from Chris Young and hit R.A. Dickey. Scoot up in the box, crowd the plate, take on the opposite field, and score some runs. Have a good night. Go Royals.